Kifa. Okay, welcome to Move Left Idiots. I'm your host, Anthony Montrulo. I'm joined by my co-hosts, LaDonna Loki and Max Crone. Guys, how you doing? Woohoo! I just survived an elementary school dance, so <laughs> I'm alive. There's so much to dive into. I'm like super pumped just to start dishing out can of <laughs> Me too. Uh, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna jump right into it this week. Uh, you know, anyone that that listens to this podcast for our, our critiques exclusively of Republicans might want to uh, switch off now because that, that, this is not going to be the week for you. <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> this is not going to be a good week for you. It's going to be brutal. This is going to be fucking brutal, and I kind of can't wait because I'm furious. <laughs> um, <laughs> before we get into it, I wanted to mention, though, I you know, we do that kind of recommends thing every once in a while. And this is not a new recommends, and I've seen it a million times, but I just want to highlight it again because uh, last week... I was in Salem, Massachusetts. Uh, me and my girlfriend go there every year. They always have, like, cool Halloween shit to do. Like, if you're into Halloween, that's, like, the premier destination. Um, and they had, like, the Salem Horror Festival, which was, like, a little film festival in this kind of indie theater. Uh, and I saw They Live in the theater for the first... You know, I, I've seen it before, but I saw it in theaters for the first time, which is super fucking cool. And it's it's insane to me how much more relevant that movie is now than I think it even was in 1985 or whenever it came out. Um, it, it's kind of insane. <laughs> but, uh, anyone that hasn't seen that movie that's listening to this absolutely needs to go see it because it's just such an amazing, funny uh, commentary on like consumerism and 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 the underclass and how the underclass is constantly steamrolled by uh the ruling class it's really interesting um for anyone that hasn't seen it and roddy piper's in it and he's fucking awesome so well then you know we have to see it now (laughs) have you never seen they live no really no max huh have you ever seen they live no the fuck is you know when you're on a fucking podcast you're supposed to pay attention (laughs) (laughs) yes pay attention (laughs) Oh, uh, but yeah, that movie's super good. Um, so I guess we should just dive right into it because uh, the Democrats are, are just—I'm really trying here to not just <laughs> to not just totally lose my fucking cool. But I, this this party, I, so. So they had their big uh, Unity Reform Commission in Vegas this week, right? Unity, in quotes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and Tom Perez, uh, you know, just, just champion of progressive values, Tom Perez, really wanted to show his unity uh, by firing and purging all the uh, Bernie Sanders supporters from the DNC the night before the convention. So uh, there's an article here from The Observer from uh, Michael Sainato, uh, Sainato, I don't know how you say his name. One of my favorite writers, but uh, I, it, it gives a really good recap of all the shit that went down. So I just wanted to read out a little bit of an excerpt from that and we can chat about it. 
this week in Las Vegas, the DNC Unity Commission is meeting in conjunction with a DNC meeting. Uh, DNC Chair Tom Perez will formally announce his appointments and nominations to DNC positions, a list of which was already leaked. Uh, the shakeup has drawn criticisms from progressives as four prominent supporters of Congressman Keith Ellison, uh, the progressive who ran against Perez in the February 2017 DNC chair election, uh, were removed. The first trans person elected to the DNC, Barb Sipperstein, uh, was removed, along with Ellison's former secretary, Alice Germond, uh, and New Hampshire Democratic Party chair, Ray Buckley, who also ran for DNC chair, and then when he dropped out, he endorsed Keith. So I'm sure that's why he got the boot. <laughs> um, our Revolution board member, James Zogby, was demoted from the executive committee seat, uh, which is important, we'll come back to that, uh, to, a, to an at-large nomination. Uh, I'm concerned about the optics, and I'm concerned about the impact, Zogby told NBC News of the Changes. <laughs> Um, I want to I'm concerned the... about more than the fucking optics. Yeah, I know. Uh, so, so that's but that's fucking Democrats. That's how fucking whipped they are. Is that even the progressives when they get just totally shafted by the party are still like, well, you know, this 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 is less than ideal. But this doesn't um, look good. Um, supporters of Ellison and Senator Bernie Sanders are drastically underrepresented. Uh, under uh, wow, underrepresented in uh, Perez's selections, and the nominations are weighted towards. Loyalist to Perez and Hillary Clinton. Former GNC interim chair Donna Brazil was nominated for an at-large position and appointed to the Rules and Bylaws Committee. Perfect. Um, as long as she breaks them, right? I mean, you want, the best cop is a criminal, right? A, like, a divisive pick given Brazil's record of violating the DNC charter during the 2016 primaries at the benefit of Hillary Clinton. CNN severed ties with Brazil after leaked emails revealed that she tipped off the Clinton campaign to difficult questions preceding a CNN debate in town hall. No Sanders supporters uh, were appointed to the Rules and Bylaws Committee. So, we'll get in. there's some more stuff from that in a, in a minute, but... Uh, <laughs> anyone, Donna Brazil. Donna fucking Brazil. The I, Rules Committee. The B Rules and Bylaws Committee. Like, like, fucking... <laughs> It's like appointing, like, the Joker to, like, the Law and Order Committee. Like, what exactly. the fuck? What kind of a fucking ass back? Like, that is the most blatant, like, slap in the face to progressives. There, yep. Like, there are so many more establishment, like, like bootlickers that you could have appointed to that position. The fact that they're appointing her is not by accident. It, it's a message. No. It's a fucking That's, message. Wait, but guy, have you, have you seen the other guy? <laughs> I mean, fucking Donna fucking Brazil. Like, I, I can't. I, I literally thought that was a joke when I read it. I was like, at well, first. And people online are like, I mean, a lot of even like more staunch Democrats, even some of the Unite Blue crowd is like, what is going <laughs> on here? Like, what are you doing? And um, it's funny because everybody's trying to figure out, like, what is the appropriate course of action now? What should we do to Perez? Do we send him some corn cobs? Do we, <laughs> you know, send him a bunch of fax requests for our 27 bucks? Like, 10,000 corn cobs <laughs> to his office. That would be, that'd be pretty awesome. There's got to be some sort of an action that's appropriate for this to send a message to him because he's trying to send one to us. <laughs> well, the message I, they're sending is we don't need your support. And that that's fine. You want to fucking keep playing that game 
worked out real well for you in 2016. You're pissing off people like me who voted for your shitty candidate in the general in 2016, and I'm not going to fucking do it again. So if you keep, if you want to keep fucking around and playing these little games, you're just going to be perpetual fucking losers, and we're going to be under a in completely fascist regime because if the Democrats lose any more fucking seats, I, the Republicans are going to have a super majority like they haven't had. I mean, they already have the most fucking seats they've had since 1929. I don't know how much worse it can get, but well, I, and they we're going to find really bottom, have, I guess. They don't even really have a, a resistance party, right? I mean, you know, the Democrats, if they're trying to... What are you talking about? George uh, W. Bush is leading the resistance. <laughs> uh -huh. Well, let's talk about that. But if they're trying to oppose anything that the Republicans are doing, there was an article this week, it was saying basically the Democrats need to take a page from McConnell after Obama, Obama was elected and just you know, make the position that you're going to oppose everything that they try to do. But no, what do they do? Yeah, it, it, like, what blows me away is the fact that this is like some Machiavellian shit. Like, as people are coming in for a unity and reform meeting, which it should be, like Nina Turner was saying, TYT politics, it should be reform, then unity, yeah. or Perez guts everybody who had any institutional powers so like Nomiki Konst, all of the Nina Turner, all of those people, they're only going to make and Jeff Weaver, mm -hmm. they're only going to make recommendations to the real power brokers in the DNC, which is and the now executive the teeny, the teeny little bit that progressives had and fuck you guys talk about over this course of these few days. Right off the bat, I'm letting you know none of it's probably going to happen. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I mean, if if that's not the clearest way to send that message, I really don't know like how else there was besides like pulling a Kathy Griffin, except holding up like Bernie's fake head. Like I don't know, <laughs> I don't know what they could have done. That is what we should do. We should somebody Photoshop battle something. Get uh, Tom Perez uh, in Kathy Griffin's position and put Bernie's head there. We'll send him a bunch that's of those. That's great. That's fucking great. We'll get IPM on that. They can definitely. <laughs> I, they can whip something up. Um, yeah, I just... Uh, I don't even know what to say. I, I, I just can't fucking believe that people still think that this is like a functioning party. Like, I, it is so clear. It is so fucking clear that they are just going a thousand percent to the right. Like, they just have no desire whatsoever to reform. Because Hillary Clinton, fucking biggest loser of all time, lost to a fucking reality clown game show host is still running the fucking party because they're all so corrupt that they can't see that they're fucking losers and everyone hates them. Like, they, they just can't get it through their heads. It's fucking unbelievable to me. So, what you were saying is, yeah, basically, what they did was they pur... I mean, this is the most blatant... This is like the fucking Red Wedding. Like, they just purged all the fucking <laughs> Bernie supporters from the executive committee who are the people that decide on all of these things that they're only going to be recommending during these reform meetings. All of this the same week that there were one or two or maybe even three polls that came out showing Bernie once again at the top, significantly at the top, of all the 2020 contenders. And this is the message that they're yeah. trying to send. He was like eight points ahead of even Biden, who's been like yeah. their, their, you know, the guy. He shouldn't even think... fucking be in the running, but that's no, the Of course not. He's, he's, he's going to be the Tom Perez of the 2020 election. Barack Obama is going to twist his arm into running to try to stop Bernie because, God forbid, the party ever move fucking left. So, 
Yeah, so they purged all the, the, the progressives, which, by the way, of course, they were already disadvantaged. They were like, you know, five progressives to the nine Clinton supporters that were on the on the executive committee or whatever the ratio. It was a pretty imbalanced ratio. And the crazy thing is, like, these people aren't even, like, these are the most center-left of all Bernie supporters. Like, not that they, there's nothing wrong with them, but yeah. they were not... These people were not, you know, Cornell West. These people were, right. like, <laughs> the most, you know, like, kind of people like Keith Ellison. Like, Keith is, you know, Keith's a good guy, and he, but he had support from the Bernie wing, and he had support from the, the kind of the Clinton wing of the party, because he right. was a great organizer, and he was a great... Well, he was willing to play ball, yeah. He was willing to play ball, but he's, but he's had a lot of success during running his own campaigns. He's a really great um, campaigner, so, you know... <laughs> maybe elect him instead of a guy who's never actually won elected office to the position that deals with people trying to win elected offices. But, you know, what do, what do I know? Shows. I'm just a fucking, <laughs> I'm a fucking purist who doesn't know anything. And these people are all experts who get paid hundreds of thousands of dollars to fucking lose like Jagoffs to well, maniacs and lunatics like Roy Moore and fucking Donald <laughs> Trump. So what do I know? Who, who's been out there? Two main on mainstream media debates in a row within the last month, month and a half, crushing fucking Republicans. Bernie Sanders, not Tom Perez. Hillary Clinton's either hiking Max, or fucking a on a book store. He's, Max, he's not even a Democrat. So yeah, it, well. <laughs> it blows me away. It's like everything they can do to spit in this guy's face. And you know what? Really, it like it's personal for me too because. I've been one of the people that through all of this talk about like, how do we organize? How do we fight? I've been saying we can take over the Democrats. We can take over the Democrats. I mean, I think that's our <laughs> best course of action. And part of me like is more motivated now by this and other events to do just that. Mm -hmm. But Jesus Christ, I mean, the Dem eggs, I, this is the thing is it just gives even more fuel to that. And it's like justified fuel. I don't blame those people. Uh, I, I, I'm not there yet, but I don't fucking blame those people at all. What would it take at this point? What else do you need? I'm there, but I I just think strategically, it's I still think it's easier to just hostily take this party over, at least at the state level. Maybe not at the national level because they're putting. But you know what? I think Bernie's our best chance because after Bernie, nobody's going to come along with the popularity that he has for a long time. So. Mm -hmm. He's our last best shot at fucking flipping this party on its head. Because if he wins yeah. the nomination, despite all the bullshit and cheating that they're going to do, he still can set the bar at the DNC. You know, that the president sets sets the, the you know, he gives the marching orders to the, to the DNC. So, I mean, that's our best chance of reform. Like, we may actually get Keith Ellison in there as the fucking chair during the next election you know well and this is exactly why they took this over and they and they did it now um you know to, to once again stack the decks to send a message to everybody you're, you're not going to get what you want and they are number one counting on you know the the opposition to trump being so overwhelmingly strong that it will even overcome you know the divisions died, i mean it's already well, died He's at forty four percent approval. He hasn't been at forty four percent approval in fucking. I don't think he ever was. Like when he took office, he wasn't even at that high. I don't not know. that I attribute it to him, but the stock market's doing great. So a yeah. lot of people look at that too. You know, unemployment being down. I mean, again, not all of these things are no. for him, but he's, they're he's, factors. Yeah, he's the beneficiary of a 
pretty corrupt finance system, which was on the upswing <laughs> for the 1% long before he took office. But I don't know. I, and, and I it is inexplicable that his approval rating is rising despite his fucking botching of everything that he's ever fucking touched. But it, it, it's just that they're given such bullshit opposition to him. It's, it's like yeah. you don't... And they don't fight on the things that they should fight on. They don't fucking call out the things that, that most Americans would get behind. Like, why are we spending fucking $700 billion on defense? Like you This know? budget. This budget oh, should have God. been the line in the sand that the Democrats drew because we know what comes after this is this tax reform, as they call it, um, you know, that they're planning, this gift to the Koch brothers and the uber-wealthy. So that should have been the line in the sand, and they fucking failed. So the resistance is officially futile, um, if you can have George Bush on board, but you're not going to win. So, yeah, I mean, just I, I, the, the, the Tom Perez is so fucking shitty and corrupt. It's unbelievable. I mean, the other thing that's happening right now is that they're totally fucking cock blocking the rest of the executive committee from looking at the budget of the DNC. And Nomi Kantz uh, has been doing great reporting on this. She's actually on the uh, Unity Commission. Um, not that they're going to listen to anything that she says, unfortunately. Um, the only people that can see the the uh, DNC's budget are the DNC chair, which is, again, why they forced Tom Perez into the race at gunpoint, probably. Um, and the treasurer, who's, who's like a Perez loyalist, you know. So... It's unfucking believable. Can you think of any other company or organization that wouldn't even show their budget or their expenditures to even just their executive committee? Forget about just the rank and file delegates or the at large, you know, members. the The fucking executive committee, the board, doesn't even have access to the budget, and the DNC fucking you know lit a billion dollars on fire, you know. The, <laughs> In the last election cycle, and and people have no well, idea where that money's it. going. Yeah, the people they don't want anyone to know that they're bankrupt and that the money that they do have is going to pay a bunch of people that don't fucking deserve it. And so they're on life support. You know, they need the corporations to keep them going. The little people no longer believe in them. We're not going to give them any money. And any money that we do give to any Democrat will be directly to candidates, not to the party. So they know this, and their strategy is, you know, to double down, apparently. Well, no, that's that's exactly what it is. All their fucking money goes to consultants who try to, you know, get them uh, to put to put out TV ads because TV ads, they net a lot of money, the consultants. They get, like, 10% of TV ads. TV ads are super fucking ineffective. They're way less effective than online marketing and way less effective than door knocking, but that doesn't make money for the consultants. So they're in this tra trapped in this cycle of listening to these people who are not stupid. They're just malicious and trying to enrich themselves uh, at, at the, the expense of our democracy functioning. Uh, I really wish that I lacked morals. Like, yeah, me like too. Maybe I used to because I could totally clean up, you know, getting money from all of these centrists. I, I could if I you wanted could, yeah. to. And instead I'm backing progressives who have no damn money and can't raise any. <laughs> but no, I mean. It's, I, a, it's actually an oath of poverty. It's a vow of poverty I've taken <laughs> to support progressives. Yeah, I, I think we've all taken it to some extent.
it's deeper than that, though. It's it's not even that this is just the system they're complacent in because it makes them rich. It's that, like Jimmy Dore said a million times, I mean, they would rather lose to the Trumps of the world than lose to real progressives because they'll change the system. Yeah. I mean, that's that's, well, that's and that's what that's part so and parcel. I think those two things, or part and oracle, yeah. depending on who you are, I guess. <laughs> so let's talk about George Bush, the uh-huh. the new um, hero, the icon, or whatever that uh, Democrats <laughs> that, that everyone really is now embracing. His his reputation has been completely restored. So I actually said earlier this week, you know, if you live long enough, you can pretty much watch anybody's reputation, you know, improve. So Anthony Weiner, hang in there. Your day is coming. Don't worry. But you know, the <laughs> he already part had his is, day. He blew it again. He did. Oh, <laughs> give him time. But, you know, so and, and so a lot of this had to do with, well, first of all, you know, he's painting. So, of course, he's like a cute grandpa, um, you know, and he said some things against Trump. So the they like that. But then there was this the then there was this speech that he did this week. And it, I wanted to pull my hair out as someone who's written speeches for politicians, because uh, somebody shared out, you know, a source, you know, basically said um, that, that this speech was written by W. and. I'm going to tell you right no now, I'm going to read a paragraph way. of it. There is no fucking way, there's no universe in which W wrote this paragraph. So here we go. There are some signs that the intensity of support for democracy itself has waned, especially among the young who never experienced the galvanizing moral clarity of the Cold War or never focused on the ruin of entire nations by socialist central planning. Some have called this, quote unquote, democratic deconsolidation really it seems to be a combination of weariness frayed tempers and forgetfulness in the wise words of w there's so no hell to know. fucking chance in hell he this is a man that used to say that he was talking to his budget man when he was talking about his treasury secretary this motherfucker did not write this speech what kind of drugs do you have to be on to believe this shit and, and like the, the so the establishment the resistance is allying themselves with a fucking war criminal who evaded a country illegally, manufactured propaganda for us to evade a country that had nothing to do with 9-11 because everybody, the neocons administration, wanted to do it for the last decade, and then fucking tortured people. Just tax cuts that were horrendous. Took away all of our civil liberties. Fucked up. Okay, so... Uh, As the former Republican on this call, I will have to, full disclosure, I attended a W rally and I did vote for him (laughs) once. Okay, so full disclosure, but that was back when I was not only younger, but still believed in, you know, like, still thought that politicians actually wrote some of their own words or, you know, could pronounce their own words. (laughs) Even back then, though, did, 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 did you not realize, like, what a fucking idiot he was, like, listening to him speak? No, he, he, I gotta say, he had charisma, he had charm, and, you know, at that time, I don't know, and maybe it's something about drinking the Kool-Aid when you go to a rally, kind of the (laughs) energy there, I can't, I can't tell you what insanity was going through my mind at that time, but, but I liked him, I, I thought he, you know, he seemed like he was speaking off the cuff. He seemed like he was saying intelligent things. God knows how much of that was written for him or read off a so, teleprompter or whatever in hindsight. But here's the, th- here's the thing with Bush. He knows how to be charming because he's gotten by his whole life like that. He's a fucking moron. He's, the, he's a moron of all morons. But 
he ha- he's personable, uh, which is actually something Trump weirdly has too when he's not being a despicable human being. Like he, Jeff, he's more personable than than Jeb. Yeah, like they say it oh, parties, God, parties, things like that. Like he's much more fun. <laughs> Poor Jeb, he's probably the one that actually wrote this speech. Please clap. <laughs> um, you know, Chris Hayes of all people, I'm, who I've never you know professed to be a fan of, but I I, I did retweet one of his tweets. Uh, the Iraq War was worse than anything Donald Trump has done so far, which is super true. Um, He's a war the, criminal. The, the fucking rehabilitation of this, I, as Max is saying, this absolute fucking despicable war criminal. This man should have been fucking prosecuted and thrown in jail for the rest of his life. I, I mean, by some estimates, we killed a million people in Iraq. I mean, that's a fucking genocide. That's a fucking genocide. And a war which they fucking lied us into willingly. Oh, yeah. People from his administration have admitted that they knew that there was no connection, that they were told to make a connection between Saddam and Osama, or Saddam yeah, and Al-Qaeda. I, and, I actually blame people like Karl Rove more than oh, I blame yeah. W. W is just sort of, I don't know, witless and, yeah, followed whoever, which, yeah, but... Really quick, who wrote the the first one of the first champions of the resistance too? David Frum <laughs> wrote the Axis of Evil speech the that the Axis later of champion speech. of resistance George W. Bush would give. So, like, the resistance is in bed with fucking neocon war criminals, and not only is that despicable in that same fucking speech as, and I hadn't listened to the entire thing. Then he talks about the socialist. So <laughs> I didn't even hear that until this time. I was like, what? They smeared the entire left, who actually is the only ones that has a chance of beating fucking Trump. Well, that was That's the resistance's the favorite part of the speech, to be fair. But I gotta defend the resistance for a second here, because the Fuck. thing with them is, they, they don't know. They, they don't, all they know is their visceral true. reaction to Trump, right? And and I'm, I get torn on it, too, because I have that same reaction to Trump. So in that... I feel solidarity with them. The reality is most of them have not, you know, jumped out of that um, mainstream media bubble enough to, you know, hear other perspectives and to realize, you know, the, the flaws in their logic or some of these things. I, you know, so I give them a little bit of a break in that I think they just, they don't know yet. And I, I'm torn with the resistance. I really am. I, I, I hear you. But when we point it out to them, and I, I get that maybe we were not always the most, uh, you know, we don't always hold their hand to it. We're sometimes a little aggressive, but when people point it out to them, they fucking double down a lot of them. That's, that's my fucking thing with it. And that's, maybe that's just Twitter and the environment that Twitter breeds because, you know, people that dislike Bernie are only 8% of the party, you know, the hateful eight. (laughs) But if you look at Twitter, they seem like they're 50, 50, with the Bernie supporters because they really do. They're, they're twice as loud. And yeah, <laughs> a lot of them are blue checks because you know, right. <laughs> the democratic party pays them very well to spread disinformation or to correct the record. You might say, um, but I don't know. I, I, I have little patience for them. I, I, I know we need them. So, but I don't know what it's going to take. I think things like this, like with the DNC and, I think the Democratic Party is terrified because they know that most Americans and most Democrats like Bernie, even the ones that consider themselves like resistance, you know, 
like you know women's march like pussy hat wearing Lots like that of whole cr- republicans that crowd like bernie well, yeah. yeah republicans i mean you know he so has broad appeal yeah they're terrified of that and that's why they're trying to smear him and trying to diminish any power that he has um i just wish to god i hope and pray that our revolution is really just him building the infrastructure for his own party because if he hasn't seen i mean he he's a smart enough guy he sees exactly what's happening he sees the way that they're setting things up for next time around and and if he does have plans to run or even if he doesn't honestly because even if he doesn't if you get somebody like Tulsi Gabbard or anyone else that's a quote unquote Bernie crat in there, they're going to get the same treatment as as Democrats across the country. Any any quote you know Bernie crat or more progressive candidate is not getting the backing of the party. So I hope to God that he is um, building something outside or that someone is because we can't continue. Was, they're getting wigged. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking, you know, everyone's saying like, oh, join the People's Party. He really should start a labor party. I think the marketing behind the uh, like a U.S. labor party is is uh, to me that does not at all say left party. That says just party of the working people, which is that's like, a better word than progressive too. I get yeah, a lot of hate I, even from people online about the word progressive. Like I'm not a progressive, but then when they talk about the things they support, it's all the things that I consider to be progressive. But labor, I think that's a much more unifying term. Well, we'll, we'll run it up the chain to Bernie, I'm sure. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> this year when I talked to him. <laughs> I'm still just fuming that uh, uh, yeah, dude. Like, I'm going back because I remember like right after the fucking election, Rachel Maddow, all these people, where's George Bush? Uh, th- these these days make me miss George Bush. And then Hillary Clinton was out there with fucking Kissinger. These people's... Hillary Clinton was out there with Kissinger during the primary. She's fucking... She loves it. There's, Hillary Clinton has not met a war criminal she wouldn't fucking spend a weekend in the Hamptons with. Because she is one. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's true. And so is Obama. I'm sorry, and this is what really gets the fucking resistance people fired up. And LaDonna, I, I gotta push back slightly. Because in my experience, no. like, in Ohio especially, a lot of resistance is older people. People are definitely older than me. I was a kid when Bush was president, but I was raised in a house where I was told, like, Bush is a piece of shit. So, if he's a war criminal, that's why I feel this way. Like, literally, I was playing with Legos. Bush was on the TV, and I said, Dad, I like that guy. And he goes, no, you don't. <laughs> he kills me. I was like, what? <laughs> so, like, that's Because he had the I same like. kind of IQ as you at, like, eight years old. You know what? Age Max, you that's your privilege. <laughs> that's your privilege talking right no, there. That's, and that's totally, that is, that is true. And I'm lucky I grew up in that kind of household because I went to school with conservatives that loved this guy that called themselves Catholics. That's a different story. <laughs> um, so, the fact, like, a lot of these people, they actually, they saw the disasters of the Bush administration. They voted during that time period, and a lot of them were still true blue and supported Kerry. They have to remember what he did to Gore, how they stole it from Gore, how they practically well, stole, they stole it from Kerry. They stole an election. The media never fact. holds their feet to the fire. The, the Democrats media, don't either, though. I mean, the media gives the Democrats a complete pass as far as, you know, they give Obama a complete pass on, you know, any of the the problematic things with his drone strikes. I mean, there's so much to criticize for the Democrats and yeah, they're they're so, yeah, they're so interested in, in trying to portray this, this idea that the Republicans are so much different when in reality, both sides have 
fucked up royally, at least when it comes to, uh, you know, foreign intervention. Yeah. And that's like the most despicable thing. I'm sorry, because I know I'm getting heated and jumping in. But like, (laughs) you guys, is that Obama continued arguably the worst parts of the Bush administration, the wars, the fucking tax cuts, militarizing the police, cracking down on whistleblowers, selling arms around the world. I, literally, the worst aspects of the fucking Bush administration. The worst parts and of the Patriot Act, which he re Yeah, deport. So, and it's like, these resistance people, obviously, Obama was still, and this is this is how fucking, like, captive Stockholm Syndrome we have in this country. <laughs> obviously, Obama was still better. I don't want, I didn't want Bush again. But, like, recognize these real things, so then when you want to have a real resistance, you don't welcome these pieces of shit back into the fucking fold. They should be in a jail cell right now. That's where George Bush and his entire administration should be. What you just said is like their entire, their resistance's entire mentality. It's like, oh, well, Obama, well, he's better than this. Yeah, great. Like, you know, fucking stabbing me in the side is better than shooting me in the fucking head. Doesn't mean I want you to stab me in the side. I'd rather you not stab me at all and give me a dollar. Like, you know, this is a fucking weird metaphor, but... It's just so stupid and so fucking childish. It's like being stupid on purpose. Like, you have to be stupid on purpose to make that argument to me. I mean, I hear the other side of it, you know, from in particular Clinton supporters going, you can't say that a Clinton presidency, you know, a Hillary Clinton presidency would have been the mess that the Trump one is. You know, she wouldn't be doing this with DACA. You know, they, but they, they point out, you know, she wouldn't be trying to make these cuts to Medicaid or, you know, get rid of, you know, all these different things, these social programs. She would try and, to privatize Social Security like her husband tried to do. <laughs> I think there's some validity to what they're saying. But the problem is that the underlying logic continues to be, have you seen the other guy? Rather yes. than pushing forward, which is what I thought Democrats when I was a kid, I thought they were always supposed to be pushing toward progress, pushing us towards, you know, the future and better policies and all fighting for those things. They have stopped fighting for those things now. And you're just supposed to accept that it's better than the shitty thing on the other side. I mean, unfortunately they haven't fought for those things since the eighties. See, ever since fucking Bill Clinton and the DLC got in there and decided to become Republicans who are cool with gay people, you know, they, they, that's their that's their mo. That's their that's who they are. They're they're moderate Republicans. Hillary Clinton was a fucking Goldwater Republican. I mean, that's who these people are. So I don't know why I have to fucking fight progressives and Democrats to try to explain to them why we can't just keep accepting whoever the fucking party gives us because oh they're better than Trump. That's what they're using for fucking twenty years to get you to vote for these fucking Republicans in the party. In the Democratic Party. So, uh, you know, I, people really need to fucking stand up and wake the fuck up to this. Because I, I, I did want to share another one of my favorite tweets uh, about the Bush thing from at uh, <laughs> Pixelated Boat, who's, who's yeah. one of my favorite uh, anonymous Twitter people. Uh, Top George W. Bush crimes. One, Iraq. Two, dodging that shoe, thereby denying the world the all-time greatest gif. <laughs> <laughs> That was a crime. (laughs) (laughs) To be fair, the gif of him dodging it is almost as funny. (laughs) 
you know what though? That's like the uh, the Trump with the bird thing attacking him when you've got the one picture of you know the bird like landing you yeah, know yeah, so, yeah. so softly by Bernie, and then you have the other one. Wasn't it an eagle? It was like it was an eagle. He was, he, it was doing like a an ad, and then there was an eagle next to him, and it started like flapping. He's like, he I mean, like... if there isn't a metaphor for the entire president, <laughs> so, somebody did a funny political cartoon. It was that. And it was the Bernie with the bird landing. It was Trump with the eagle. And then it was Hillary with a uh, bird with a leash on its leg in a cage being like, look, I, I got a bird to land on my platform. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yep, that's 2016 in a, in a fucking nutshell. Um, no, I think, like, you're, you're right, LaDonna. And, like, I'll recognize that in conversation with some people. I'd rather fight Hillary on fracking than fight to keep every environmental protection sure, that's ever yeah, existed. But that still but, doesn't, but what blows, part, what makes my head explode is these people can't take any critic, any critique and like not to do a false equivalency here, but both Trump and Hillary supporters, especially if you go back to a primary, it's all a cult of personality, but then they act like the Bernie supporters were the cultist when like, no, we just fucking like, I disagreed with Bernie on some things. I wish he was as anti-war as I am. Like, yeah. you know, although his actions showed it, he was a conscientious, conscientious objector. So, like, his actions are there. I just wish he would have talked about it more. But still, it's like, it's just amazing how they've, like, another thing we're about to get to very soon with a certain um, group, a certain party doing deals with the Russians. You'll never believe who it fucking was. <laughs> um, you take your opponents, you take your biggest weakness, and you throw it on your opponent. I mean, Bush was a draft-dodging cokehead and Kerry was out there getting purple hearts now probably still fighting in a moral war but he actually was a war hero by those standards yet Kerry was the coward and Kerry came home and spoke out about the, against the vietnam war Kerry was used to be a fucking great progressive unfortunately like most people in the democratic party who spend more than 10 years there he became uh when you get in the hive him. mind it, yeah. it, the hive mind is really really difficult um you know and and i was there i think at a certain point in the 2016 election i was consuming so much cnn and msnbc and oh. everything that yeah um you know luckily i've stepped away from there but <laughs> but i was there so i understand you can really get brainwashed you repeat something enough people believe it I was going to make a They Live reference, but neither of you two motherfuckers have seen it, so you won't even get it. Um, but you basically put on the glasses and they live, and uh, you saw the world for what it really was. Um, but, oh, you know, another... Not ready for that. Just another funny thing that, that happened this week, kind of in relation to that, Nancy Pelosi, uh, progressive champion Nancy Pelosi, uh, was giving a speech and she said, God, wouldn't things be so much better right now if Mitt Romney were the president? Oh, dear God in heaven. She didn't. <laughs> you ran against Sorry, Obama. What the fuck does that even mean? <laughs> no, we're like, what the fuck are you talking about, you fucking old well, you know, that? Like, get the fuck out of Washington. What are you doing? There's this whole secret, there's this whole theory that Paul Ryan is a secret liberal. Maybe Nancy Pelosi <laughs> is a secret conservative, not so not secret. Not so secret, anyway. yeah. Diane Feinstein, <laughs> not so secret either. But, yeah. Oh God! Well, uh, you know, Trump can be good. You know, just just give him a chance, guys. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, she did say that. I forgot about that. Einstein. Oh, fucking awesome! Fucking champions we have on our side. Like what? But and uh, <laughs> that just she could just could have easily said, 
Bernie or even fucking Hillary or just some other Democrat. Why? Like, that just shows you the bubble and the mindset that, like, they're always bowing down to the right. And it's usually because they pretty much are right wingers. They are Republicans from 20 years ago. But, like, it just, it's amazing. It, everything is automatically always shifted to the right. I had a conversation with a guy randomly today, and we agreed on some things. It was going really well. But it's just amazing that everybody kind of exists just on the right side of the spectrum. So, of course, we sound like crazy lefty fucking communists to them because where the spectrum is, we are. We're that far left of what the mainstream is. And that's what and thank you bill clinton who fucking did that yeah. chris hedges has the best quote around that bill clinton made democrats republicans and made the republicans crazy people <laughs> that's good uh yeah and we're like center left to europe and the rest of the world i mean when they look at like all, like progressives like we're, we're pretty much center left compared to the rest of the world we're like oh we're not even asking you to nationalize everything we're just asking you to give us a single payer and you know like like all the <laughs> Like we sh we sh fucking sh I think we should be fucking saying like let's renationalize the railroads and let's renationalize a lot of things that should have never been fucking privatized in the first place. But uh, you know, not my hill to die on right now. We're still trying to fucking just get basic you know healthcare for for people. So you damn commies. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? God, rest of the fucking world. She's uh, the means of production. <laughs> really? Yeah, seriously, man. Uh, you know, I'm I'm getting there. They're fucking. Uh, but speaking of uh, means of production, uh, we should talk about a little uranium production because uh, twenty percent of our uranium production uh, is now controlled by the Russians. Uh, so you know we finally found a way to tie the Russians in a shady financial deal to the U.S. government. Uh, it's amazing. We finally got Trump. Oh wait a minute! Wait a minute! This was Oops. from fucking twenty fifteen, and it was through Hillary Clinton's State Department. Um, so this is, this is not new news. This has been out there, but of course this was, you know, like most things that Hillary Clinton did was considered a nothing burger by all of her fucking lapdogs in the media. Um, but the Hill actually did some digging and found out that, uh, not only is it not a nothing burger, it absolutely happened. Uh, the Hillary Clinton state department approved a t sale of 20% of our uranium to Russia. Uh, I believe it was in 2015. Uh, and at the same time, and I'm sure this is totally unrelated, Bill Clinton totally. gave, gave a speech to a Kremlin-connected bank, which is a phrase that the resistance loves to use, Kremlin-connected <laughs> bank, uh, for $500,000, which must have been a hell of a fucking speech for an hour speech. Uh, and at the same time, the Clinton Foundation, which is totally not corrupt and a total nothing burger like everything else, got $144 million dollars from people uh, invested in <laughs> Russian uranium and Russian, uh, you know, uranium production. So I'm sure that was total coincidence that 144 fucking million dollars flowed into the Clinton Foundation at the same time that they were deciding whether or not to sell a fifth of all of our uranium to Russia. So, you know, uh, and the craziest thing about this is that nobody's fucking reporting on it except for The Hill. And I, I saw a couple little outlets, but like, which is funny because then the Hill gets labeled as right wing. Like I've seen some things that showed them on the spectrum and showing them as, which is like, no, they just tend to report the truth sometimes. <laughs> they're not <laughs> propaganda propagandists for the Democratic Party. They're they're kind of middle of the road. Like, um, 
I just can't fucking believe how nobody's talking about this. And it's so fun. Can you imagine if we found out that Donald, that uh, that Rex Tillerson had approved a deal to fucking sell Russia a fifth of the U.S. uranium? I mean, this is this is the smoking gun they've been looking for with Donald Trump for fucking, <laughs> you know, nine months or whatever it's been. And, and it's like it was under your nose the whole time. You and, know what? It was the uh, $100 worth of Facebook ads that really swung the Yeah, no, $100,000 worth of Facebook ads totally fucking swung the election, <laughs> uh, you know. But I, I just, I, she's so fucking corrupt. Like, why? I, but, but to me, this is like, this proves how much of a farce most of this Russian thing is. And again, you know, you know, and it we, drives me insane now because you see these charts that that people are putting together. And yes, there are you know some complex financial ties. However, you would be amazed how everything now, everything is Kremlin connected in some way. I mean, it could be like six degrees of separation, but now you know everything um, that you can possibly look at, like we are, because they're fucking disgusting, you know. <laughs> Vulture well, capitalists like, like we are, and they have plenty of ties with our fucking corrupt companies because not acknowledging the fact that you know American businesses saw opportunities for growth in Russia, so there were going to be you know situations where these businesses were connected. But it's just like everything online now is oh, it's Kremlin connected this, that, or the other, regardless of how loose or shady those ties are. Because they're trying to make a case that not to say it won't doesn't exist, but they're trying to make a case that they're making more of than there actually is. Because again, you know, the one fucking true thing Donald Trump says is that they are using it to distract from the fact that they lost to this fucking buffoon. Not that he phrases it that way, but I'll phrase it that way. Uh, by manufacturing this fucking Russia narrative. And again, I'm not saying that he doesn't have financial deals with Russia. I think yeah. we can all agree that he does. And clearly, so does fucking Hillary and Bill Clinton. <laughs> and, and it also came out today that Bill Clinton asked, sought State Department permission to meet with a Russian uh, oligarch who was tied to this deal before the deal came through. So I'm sure <laughs> that was totally not related Nothing either. to see here. <laughs> I, it's just fucking unbelievable that we have to fight the fucking, our, the, the fucking Democrats to, to be like, look, these people are a fucking cancer to the party and they need to be removed. They don't need to be spread throughout the... This is like, yeah, let, like, let's fucking spread this cancer to the rest of the party because the party's not fucking corrupt enough. Like, what else need... <sighs> there is I, no party. There's can't. no party. And you know what? I've done numerous, um, you know, surveys online and, and questions asking different people and, you know, retweeted and, and so on. Um, and, and across the board, in every scenario people are saying that they are much more likely to support independents and third-party candidates moving forward. Does that not concern anyone? No, because I guess it doesn't matter if a Dem or a Republican gets elected as long as they keep their corporate gravy train. They don't need our support. They, they've made it evident, you know, <laughs> they've made it very evident that they don't want or need our support. So uh, it's, a, it's a great electoral strategy, but... Winning. Yeah. I, <laughs> like... I just talked to my dad about this earlier, who still sometimes buys into the whole Russia thing. And I'm like, listen, Trump Trump laundered money for him. That's definitely what happened. So yeah. Like, what, and the conclusion we came to is really 2016 was the epitome of where our system has gotten us because Hillary Clinton was the embodiment 
of the corruption of the establishment and people who've been in politics for their most of their lives. Mm-hmm. And Donald Trump was the embodiment of the corrupt American businessman and that kind of model of predatory capitalism. And right. they went head to head. Both of them did deals with Russia. Both of them don't care about any normal person. I mean, not only was it uranium, Hillary Clinton's, admin- Hillary Clinton's Secretary of State post, they approved more weapons deals to the Middle East than the Bush administration. <laughs> so this feminist approved weapons deals to fucking Saudi Arabia and Qatar, places where women are treated like property, can't drive, and human trafficking is through the fucking roof, gave weapons to those countries to further oppress people in their own countries and then bomb the shit out of Yemen. That- but, you know, if, if women were in charge, there'd be no war. <laughs> uh, Sorry. Yeah, but, yeah, but Max, Trump is bad. You're forgetting that Trump is bad, so none of that is important. I, I, don't, I don't know why bad, you didn't bring it up. Hillary good. As a matter yeah. of fact. Well, and it's, you know, the whole Russia thing I'm torn on too, because, you know, I agree on the money laundering, on the shady financial ties. I, I think there's some on Hillary's side too, but, you know, I had this thing, um, this pinned tweet talking about, you know, my political background and saying, but I still believe this administration's compromised by Russia. I actually had to take that down because it got me so many hillbots who then, you know, wind up you know, <laughs> fighting with me and disagreeing with me. I had to take that part out. So I have to now completely deny russia in order to like find the proper following online well and this like everything else that the man says is so right um noam chomsky talks about how you keep a you allow a very small spectrum of a politically acceptable thought but you make that a very lively debate and that's pretty much where we're at now is it's both people are pieces of shit but we have to choose one, and then as soon as you choose one, then everybody, then the other person that you chose, they're exonerated of all their bullshit, and then that other person becomes the devil. We can't have any nuanced discussions. Like you said, it, you should be perfectly able to, and I'll call it out from the other side. So the Hillpots were attracted to you because they thought you were with them, and then I'm sure you got a bunch of hate from a bunch of progressives that were like, oh, you think Trump's with Russia? It's a nothing burger. <laughs> Literally using the same fucking language. Like you couldn't win well, on you know, either side. Max, you know it's funny about what you said is that's that's healthcare in a fucking nutshell. It's like it's like the Republicans are arguing for this fucking death plan, which is going to kill you know million throw millions of people off insurance, kill thousands of people a year, and the Democrats are like, no, we want to keep this right wing heritage foundation healthcare plan that we have because it's so fucking awesome. Like that's the narrowest window of fucking. De- no, we want to keep Mitt Romney's fucking healthcare plan like that. That's the that's the fucking de- spectrum of debate right now in the mainstream political uh, discourse on healthcare, and we're all sitting over here like, hey, why don't we just give health insurance to everybody? And like, they're all like, you people are fucking crazy. Like, yeah. And I feel crazy because I'm I'm saying this and I'm like, why are we having this argument with fucking Democrats? Why? why I've actually heard some Republicans are starting to come around on Medicare for all. I heard it's that pulled, this week. Uh, it's actually pulled higher. Like it's pulled like in in you know with a plurality, not necessarily a majority, but like it, it's pulled at like forty three to thirty nine in in like I've seen in some polls and like a Gallup poll that they did a while back about Medicare for all, and of course it's all in the way you frame it, and that's obviously right, the right. fight with everything, and we saw that with in in the Bernie Ted Cruz debate. With uh, Ted Cruz kept saying the death tax, and Bernie's like, it's the estate tax. Stop calling it the death tax. <laughs> You got like really mad. It was super funny because that's because the death tax is a fucking Republican bullshit 
marketing word to make you think that it's this horrible thing that when you die, they're going to take all your money. Even the though only really people who people. pay it get an inheritance of at least $5.5 million. That is such a That's small percentage. I mean, <laughs> it, it, like top 1% or whatever it is. I mean, it's such a small percentage yeah. of the population. But everybody, they convince people, they're taking your money, you die, and they're going to take more. That money was taxed, and then it's being taxed again. Well, you know what? <laughs> we should talk about Ted and Bernie because that was uh, it, it's always frustrating to listen to to, to Ted Cruz fucking I, I, I was going to call him the Zodiac Killer but he fucking ruined the Zodiac Killer jokes because he tweeted out uh, like one of the Zodiac Killers like cheats that, that you know like that was circulating so oh, but it was so fucking good in because on it now he ruined it Somebody took that and they actually circled certain like letters from it and it actually made it say, I love porn. <laughs> that was like my favorite tweet all week. It was like Ted's secret message. We're like, we hear you said, we know. God damn. Um, God, Ted Cruz is the fucking worst. It's unbelievable. So that, that debate, I, you know, as much as that Ted annoyed me and gave me fucking agita and raised my blood pressure... I fucking love watching Bernie just pick apart buffoons like Ted Cruz. And I love watching Bernie convert Republicans at like, you know, the like people that represent the morons that I think we deal with in our lives, like our family members and our coworkers and <laughs> <Our> whatever. <family. laughs> well, no, like, yeah, so. <laughs> Those morons. <laughs> well, no, well, you met my family, haven't you? <laughs> well, no, I, I, and I say that broadly. Obviously, I have very progressive, you know, members of my family, very conservative member, you know, like my grandpa who listens to this podcast, very progressive, but my grandmother's side of the family are like, hi grandpa. What's <laughs> up? Um, Shout out to grandpa. <laughs> my, my grandmother's side of the family are like fucking basically clansmen. I mean, they're, they're hard. They're not, they're not that bad, but they're, they're, they're fucking horrible. So, um, they don't listen. So it's okay. Um, <laughs> We've but, all got that one grandpa story yeah. in the family we know. <laughs> so, but so like <laughs> they had that one guy, and Mac, you know, Donna watched it. Max, you said you didn't watch it. They had this one guy come up who was the he owned like a trucking business. So you know, probably pretty well off. He owns a trucking business, probably in the top ten percent. You know, like not you know he's he's not hurting for money. Depending on how, I I can't imagine you own a trucking business that you make you know less than a couple million dollars a year. Yeah, I'm sure. And he was asking him about, uh, I think, was it the estate tax? Where he was like, basically, like, uh, uh, you know, I th- or, or no, it was about the tax plan. And Ben Bernie's like, um, do you do you think that uh, the Walton family, you know, deserves a tax cut? The six, the six of them own as much wealth as fifth the rest of the fifty uh, percent of the country. They deserve a tax cut. And, like, he, he twisted this guy into a pretzel, and the guy was, like, just looked well, like... he kept a, going, all people, all people. But then it was, like... Um, and was this the same guy, the one from Denmark? No, no. This, no, that, that was that, a different That one. was okay, great, yeah. too. So <laughs> he... Uh, this guy from Denmark asked a question. Um, it was actually a pretty nuanced question. Uh, and I forget exactly what it was, but he talked about how Bernie talks about the uh, benefits of socialism and some of the social programs, and the guy's like, you know, I'm with you on... Medicare for all and all this stuff, but then you have to consider how you pay for it and this, this, and that. And how much you get taxed. Yeah. yeah. He was trying to, you well, know, to be an example. Yeah. yeah. He was trying to be an example of, you know, more, the more conservative perspective on things that was, you know, the way his question was framed, but it was funny because 
um, there was a moment where Brady's like, bring that guy back up. You could see him kind of on the side of the camera going, <laughs> yeah, bring yeah, that yeah. guy back up. <laughs> and then all of a sudden it's like, well, it was, when Ted, well, it was when Ted brought up the fucking bullshit line about wait times and all this oh, shit yeah. in, 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 you know, all these countries with quote unquote socialized medicine. Um, and, Brilliant and, move of Bernie's. And Bernie's like, oh, come here, come back. Denmark guy, come here. Because <laughs> um, he was already gone. He had asked his question. So he came back yeah. up. He's like, look, you're from Denmark. You're, and he worked for an organization, like a conservative organization. He's like, you're from this group. So you're basically a conservative in Denmark. And the guy's like, yeah, I am. I'm a business, you know, businessman, a conservative in Denmark. He's like, what do you think of uh, healthcare in Denmark? He's like, oh, it's great. I, you know, do, do you experience... <laughs> He's like that. Th- this 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 thing about wait times is just a total myth. Uh, you know that's I, I wait. You know uh, he was talking about his mother how she only waited like a couple of weeks for a procedure she had done. It, basically, and by the way, try to try to call your primary care physician right now and make an appointment and tell me uh, if he says, "Oh yeah, come in tomorrow," or if he tells you, uh, "Well, I don't really have anything until uh, January three next weeks." Year. Yeah, yeah, three so, weeks yeah. for mine. So it's not like we're getting in next day. <laughs> yeah, and you live and you live in a less populated area. I mean, I you call up in New York, you you don't get an appointment for three months. Like you're lucky if you get wow. one. It's like I know people who have mental health issues that need to fucking get their medicine changed around and can't get a fucking appointment with our psychiatrist for weeks. Yeah. What and this we're talking about like literally like Life or death, like, hey, this is giving me really bad thoughts. I need to change this shit. Yeah, you gotta fucking oh, change that the second, second you notice something happening, with, especially with mental health. So, and, and he put that guy back up in there. And Ted Cruz, it was just like this dawning horror on his face as he realized that this conservative from Denmark was going to totally destroy his bullshit argument about healthcare. Because you know it was a plant. You know the guy was planted there to to prove a point on one side, and Bernie oh. was brilliant and twisting it around. But you know it's funny though because I watched it and then I watched on Twitter, you know, both sides of it, and it, it was frustrating to me because it seems like if you were a conservative, you believed that Ted Cruz won, and if you were more liberal, and mind you, most of Hillary's followers were not following that night; they were boycotting CNN for a change, but. But if you were a liberal, you thought Bernie won. And so it's kind of like, well, we're not really changing too many minds here. That was kind of frustrating to me. But at the same time, I do think that it's just about, for Bernie at least, continuing to expand the audience he's talking to, just continuing to have the conversation with all of America across any platform, any way he can, and, you know, get ready for 2020. Yeah, I mean, I and I had this conversation with you. I think he reaches a lot of people who are not, Politic, who, who maybe are middle of the road, you know, unregistered, or even maybe like Republicans who don't really pay attention. I think he yeah. reached a lot of those people because he is such a great uh, communicator, and he he twists. He always manages to get Republicans to basically agree with him. He did that like three different times during the the debate to people who were asking questions, <laughs> and, and of course, by the way, Ted Cruz, of course, also said, you know, Bernie's the most honest guy in Congress. <laughs> which is hilarious to me because they all fucking say that during the debates, which is implicit that they're really all fucking good, liars. There were some really good Ted Cruz like talking points about you know Bernie being great. So. But I mean, I, I thought Bernie and and, and look, I, obviously I'm biased, but I thought he did way better than he did during the healthcare debate because I think the healthcare debate Bernie was in a weird position where he had to defend a plan that wasn't really his ideal plan, and he right. didn't do the best job. I you know it's it's impossible to fucking lose against the Republican health care plan, but 
I thought he was a little handcuffed in that debate. I think he fucking killed Ted Cruz in this debate. And the fact that he got a bunch of Republicans who came up to ask him questions to basically agree with him by the end, uh, to me, that's that's the, the greatest gift that Bernie ever could give to the Democratic Party is that he can convince people that the Republicans have been fucking lying to them their entire lives, which Democrats have never been able to do because they don't even want to fucking do it. Um, well, that's the thing. If you're truly a fiscal conservative, then Medicare for all makes sense. You're taking the profit motive out of healthcare. I mean, you're, you know, you're getting rid of the middleman. There's so many ways in which it does save money. The only argument really that the other side has is, well, do you want government, you know, having more control over your blah, blah, blah. But this is from the same people that want to have more control over women's bodies and be able to tell them, you know, when they can have birth control covered and whether or not they can, you know, get an abortion, all these other things. So they, they have no talking room. <laughs> yeah, no, it's true. And, um, I, I don't, I, CNN clearly handpicks the people that are going to ask these questions. They never pick working class people. It's always like a, a, a fucking Republican, you know, moron like the truck driving guy who was, you know, again, like the, 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 the demeanor that he had towards Bernie and the question and the phrasing and the kind of way he talked to Bernie. Even the it, moderators, I mean, the way that they, you know, would try to shut Bernie down more. I mean, people online did talk about this too, that CNN did their best to make Bernie look awful. Yeah, they no, they did. Because he, he's so fucking like, good at steamrolling them, but... Because uh, he's actually a fucking strong Democrat progressive, which the Democrats are just totally not used to. They're used to fucking subservient, you know, oh, okay, that's fine, I'll wait my turn. Like, he's, he's, he's rude, which in a good way. Like, he's, he's rude in the way you kind of have to be in politics to make your point. Um, Bernie is so sharp, and I gotta give him credit because, I mean, my memory isn't even that good. Like, I don't know <laughs> if it's mom brain. Or, my memory is not that good, and he's, what, 74 or something yeah, like that? And, and, I mean, just the way that he rolls out statistics and numbers and examples and all of that. I, I don't see that no, anybody but, can give him any kind of critique for being old. <laughs> yeah, but no, but the point I want to make is that they, <laughs> it's amazing to me their process because they, th this is the, this is what they do in terms of moving the Overton window. They'll have a Republican guy like that guy, and then they'll have a professional Democrat, which is somebody who's like, oh, well, I, I'm a, I'm a healthcare administrator, and I always vote Democrat, but I think this, 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 and this. They fucking never have a minimum wage guy working at, or girl working at McDonald's or somebody working two jobs. Because that, they're working. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, they also don't make public where these debates are held. They they clearly, like, send out, you know, hey, friends and relatives of CNN staffers, like, come to headquarters on such and such, you know, date and time. It's just so amazing to me. And... They learned their lesson with uh, Trevor Hill because when they had that Nancy Pelosi town hall, <laughs> and he asked her that question, and she just fucking totally ah wow ah, ah, we're, we're capitalists, but you know uh, they they fucking learned their lesson because he he put the fucking Pelosi bot into you know error mode. So I I think that's yeah why they don't they, trust outsiders anymore. Yeah, <laughs> you're, you're not slipping through there. It just makes me fucking crazy among the million other things that make me crazy about the way they handle these things. But even with all those disadvantages, I think he still comes out, you know, looking better. Well, that's the thing, is it's like Bernie, Pol like LaDonna made the point of earlier, majority of Americans are independents. I mean, if you look at the precinct data for any precinct in this entire country, I'll bet you my bottom dollar, 
99% of them, the majority of the people are unregistered. Yeah. So and he does the best with turning those people out and activating them. The issue in Ohio during the primary was a lot of our independents thought they should vote for Kasich and show that Ohio doesn't stand with Trump. That's why Kasich won instead of voting for Bernie. I mean, my girlfriend's dad almost made that mistake, but she got on his ass and he did the right thing. <laughs> so it was like this guy grows your party. He had a higher millennial turnout than Trump and Hillary combined. He had more small dollar donors than Trump, who had more small dollar donors than Hillary. <laughs> like every every single thing is right for Bernie to be the new leader of the Democratic Party. He actually brings us back to the New Deal, talks about popular things, grows the party, and wins debates. That's the other thing. No one can fuck with this guy, and everybody who has to debate him compliments him. Yeah. <laughs> I, talks about like, how fucking honest he is. It's unbelievable. So if he's not the right champion for American people and for the Democrats, then it makes you wonder once again, like we went back to earlier, then what do the Democrats actually stand for? They stand for war. Wild. They stand with Wall Street. I don't wonder anymore what they stand oh, for. It's very clear to me what they stand for. I don't think listening to this wonders anymore, uh, if you've heard us talk for the last, you know, couple months. But, um, <laughs> I just, um, yeah, no, I mean, he, he's, uh, can you imagine, I already thought about this, can you imagine if Bernie Sanders got the favorable press coverage that Hillary Clinton got, where his, where his, like, <laughs> He would be like 80% popular, like if he got the kind of, because the fucking Democrats that do everything they can to kneecap him would all be on board, that little 8% of the party. And you have to think at least another 10% of the Demo of uh, independents and Republicans would be on board. He's already at 60%. I mean, he would be a fucking, uh, they could win, uh, you know, based on him and maybe whoever he picks as his running mate, the next fucking 25 years, like straight like if they would just fucking get behind him but we know that they don't really want to win or the progressive because that means all these consultants lose their jobs so i just you know there's this constant argument online about how we need unity you know unite blue and Ugh. you know the bernie people need to get in line but whenever you bring up to them well so let's say bernie's the nominee are you gonna get in line Oh, well, hell no. I'm not gonna I'll never vote this. for Bernie then Sanders. shut the fuck up. Don't talk to me about unity because really what you want is you want compliance. You want a subjugation. It's all the fucking Pumas. Want. It's all the fucking Pumas from 2008. These fucking privileged fucking white women. And I'm sorry to like call it out what it is, but it is. I, I work with, because I, like, I, I look, I live in a fairly affluent area and I, I, I deal with a lot of affluent white women who don't give a fuck about working people. And there's white men too, but I think they're more just business oriented. You know, they're they're mostly Republicans. But women, they're pieces of shit in but, different but, ways. But, but well-off white women are good on social issues and like to consider themselves good people. But they don't give a fuck about poor people. And Hillary Clinton is everything they want. It's the superficiality of oh, breaking glass ceilings, and I'm for women, and blah blah blah. And it's none of the fucking anything under the surface layer. It's just. And anytime you, and even like, you know, the, the, we saw the shit that happened during 08 with all the people who were saying, who were saying these horrible racist things about Barack Obama when he was running against Hillary, all of her supporters. I mean, you've seen some, I'm sure you remember some of the videos of her supporters being like, you know, I, 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 I God, it's just. You know what I realized this week though? What? Everybody thinks they're a good person. 
everybody does. Republicans think they're good people and they think, you know, oh, well, we're going to give this money to charity and, you know, we're going to all of this stuff. And it's not helping people to, you know, to get you them dependent on the system. They think they're good people. They uh, really do. I mean, I thought I was when I was one. Yeah, but you were, but you, but you were always like a young Republican. Like you weren't like a, like jaded business, like fuck over everybody. I don't know. I, I think maybe what you're saying is, by and large, the Republican base thinks they're good people, and it, maybe they do. I, you know, I don't know how you can think that, thinking some of the shit that they. I don't think, think but... most people think that they're a, they're a bad person. No, if they no, did, they would yeah. change. So I think most people believe that they're good and they believe that they're right, and so it makes they it really they're difficult. saving innocent babies' lives. I guess when they when they the voters really. The yeah. voters, yeah. The representatives on both sides, they know who they are, and they rationalize it. But, no, you're right. I mean, that's why I believe all Republicans are evil, but largely the the representatives. Yeah, they, yeah, they, I agree they, with that. They're just very, they're very ignorant, very confused. And often they choose the ignorance and they choose the fear, but that's the space well, it's that identity. they exist in. It's an identity for them, you know? Well, it was interesting. So Sarah Silverman has this new show, and I saw just a snippet of it online. And it's where she's trying to get herself out of her bubble. And I give her credit for this and go and interact with people that are very different from her. And so the one family that she went she to. Tell them they're being ridiculous. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I just had to get they them were, in there. I'm sorry. They were, uh, you know, staunch, you know, white family, staunch um, Trump supporters. And, you know, they broke bread and, you know, had a good time and all of that stuff. But it was interesting because there, there were two things. One part was where um, she asked them, you know, why they voted for Trump when it was. And for them, it was really this this idea of Hillary Clinton was continue, stay the course, basically, continue, you know, the way things have been, and that Trump was the vote for change in the same way that at one point Obama was the vote for change, or so people thought. And so that was really, you know, for them, a lot of the reasoning behind it. And then it was so interesting because they she's asking them, you know, about their health insurance. And it's like, all of them were on Medicaid or the ACA, one or the other. Like they're, you know, they were all voting against their own interests, but they felt that things were so shitty the way they were that they were willing to roll the dice on Trump rather than continue with the way things were. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's actually one of the blessings of being a super, super lefty in Ohio is I get to like have those interactions, and I'm not saying like Ohio's. I was not the most right wing place, but you get that that very nuanced. I mean, like I said, the guy I was having a conversation with earlier, he told me how he hates racists, and then proceeded to say some pretty racist shit <laughs> about Chinese people. <laughs> I hate like, racists, but you know those fucking Chinese. <laughs> so, and I, I kind of like helped him see a little bit through how that's a problem, <laughs> and. He talked about, you know, and then he did the typical false equivalency between the Charlottesville people and Black Lives Matter while acknowledging that maybe maybe sometimes black people get, you know, treated uh, not fairly by the police. But and so it's like all of these these are that's a real conversation. And I'm sorry, like some of the people who might be listening to this, like I'm newer to the social media, even though I'm like really fucking young. So I should be like the typical millennial that like lives in this shit, but I'm not. So I see it from a different perspective. Like I see people in this like echo chamber having these debates about identity. And that's important. And we have to hold each other accountable in this movement. I absolutely understand it. 
But you have lost, by the time you get to that point in that conversation that most of these people exist in, you've lost 90% of normal people. Like, I'm sorry. Yeah. I, maybe I'm a dick for saying that, that's but the true. people I know, that's, you've lost them. So that doesn't mean you leave it behind, but it means you recognize that that conversation, I'm, the way I look at talking to this guy, having been an organizer in another life, I'm not going to waste my time debating him. I'm not going to let that shit fly by. But what I'm going to try and do is find if he believes healthcare is a right. I'm going to try and find out if he thinks people deserve a living wage. And then when he talks about how maybe black people do get treated unfairly by cops, I'm going to educate him on it. I'm not going to call him a piece of shit racist. Because mm -hmm. he's not marching in Charlottesville. Yeah. Right, right. And if he was marching in Charlottesville, we'd have a different conversation with our hands. But <laughs> it's like that's there's just a time yeah. and a place. Sorry, because I got to be no, that, you know. No, it's true. And I got you know, to, your, to that point, and I feel like I do that just too in just my personal life. I mean, I, I work with a uh, someone. He's a fill-in guy. He comes in occasionally, and he's uh, he's a great guy. But he's you know he's he's like a I would say he's conservative-ish. He's not a, a lunatic, and he doesn't follow that closely. But he's like, yeah, well, you know, I think just that, and it's all about not talking about shit that you know you're not going to win on. It's just finding that middle ground, like. Yeah, but but Wall Street's fucking everybody, and you know both parties are corrupt, and they're all serving their donor. And he totally agrees with me on shit like that. And I think that's what Bernie has taught us all to do. And that's the fucking greatest gift he's ever given us. Even if he never wins another election, I mean, obviously he'll win a Senate re-election. Well, there's but. a there's a larger conversation here about how do you talk to a Republican or how do you talk to someone who differs from you politically and, and in particular conservatives. And there was a question um, in one of my Facebook groups this week from someone basically saying they overheard, you know, these couple people and one of them was saying, you know, I just don't want the government taking all my money, but it was clearly somebody that like doesn't make enough that they're even paying taxes. Right. Yeah. And so this person was like, I don't even know, like, is it even worthwhile to try? And I said, well, here's a couple of different ways you can attack it. You can attack it with facts, but if this is someone that's a denier of science or, you know, oh, well, statistics lie or whatever, you're not going to win there. You can attack them with logic, but very often that, you know, it, it goes beyond a lot of the, the people that you're talking to. The, the third way, though, is really, it, it's interesting, the one that works the most is speaking from your own life experience. So for me, you know, having been on one side of the equation and, you know, made a six figure salary and done all that. And then also having gone through homelessness on my own and having that experience and talking about living in a shelter and what that looks like and how do you come out of poverty and all those things, those personal experiences, I feel like are much better at getting through to people. When you can speak from the heart, you can speak from experience than any facts. And, and I noticed this with a lot of the, the politicians that I talk with that are Republicans as well. They rank anecdotal information so much higher than they do facts for some reason. So the more that we can talk heart to heart, um, you know, about the way these things are affecting our lives, I think the, the more common ground we can find, the more we'll progress. And Bernie is great at that. He's great at really speaking to people where they are and not over-intellectualizing everything. Yeah. Well, we ended on a positive note, Yeah, but but I will just say again, fuck the DNC. Fuck them as hard <laughs> as anyone's ever been fucked because they're the worst piece of shit organization. They're basically a fucking criminal organization, so they can all go fuck themselves. Um, but on that note, uh, please remember to rate, review, subscribe on iTunes. 
and uh, share it out on social media and uh, come back and join us next week on Move Left Idiots. Antifa! There's insanity in the control room tonight.